Through the Storm, Episode 2, Jesus Calms the Storm. Hello and welcome to the Ignite Youth Podcast over here at Waynefleet BIC Church, where we discuss life through the lens of our Anabaptist roots. My name is Julie Adams, I'm your host, and I am joined by not one, but two gentlemen today, Pastor Wes Hillis, our youth pastor. Hello. And for the first time, our summer intern, Jonah Lohr. Hello. Welcome, Jonah. Glad to have you here. Thank you for having me, Julie. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. So Jonah has just started. This is actually day two, so trial yeah. by fire. We have just like thrown him right in. Oh yeah. Um, and Jonah will be with us until the end of August, mid-August. End of August. Is that yeah. it? Yeah. So nice. Jonah is our summer intern. Um, and why don't you tell us what is a summer intern exactly? I'm basically just assisting the staff and under Pastor Wes's like just his assistant basically and just helping you for anything julie for what has to be done in the church and renee i was just helping with the tables and chairs to set up for the lt meeting last night so i'm just an assistant you're a resident go-to guy and you're also helping with uh, kids programming right that's true yes and there's uh, i think a special event this summer that you'll be quite involved with yes vacation bible school oh yeah yeah so we are really looking forward to having you here. We're glad to have you on board. Um, so why did you choose to, uh, you know, why did you apply for this role? Why did you want to do this for the summer? Well, I wanted to get away from Food Basics, so yeah. I figured this would be a job that would do that for sure for four months. And um, lots of people have been talking to me about the Flow program, yep. about the internship. And I've just been asking God if this is his will and his answer is yes. And I'm just so grateful I can be here. Nice. Good. So you mentioned the flow internship and um, that is run through BIC Canada. What is the flow internship? Can you explain just briefly what it is? Um, basically, I'm just so flow is part. Yeah. Like you said, part of the BIC I will be doing like a couple of retreats throughout the summer, mm-hmm. part of my job, and be with other interns and just kind of like a youth retreat, just be with other interns and just yeah. have a good time together, going to Camp Kakwa and another nice. place and just be there and for a community and with other believers. And um, that's basically it. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So other BIC churches, and I know Camp Cockwell often has one. I don't know if they've got a summer intern this year. Yeah, they usually have one at or least two. one or two. I yeah. remember when I did, they had like three. Yeah. But so, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's usually, they're, they're all over Canada. Is that right? Yeah. Mainly in Ontario, but some from Alberta as well. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So we often hire a summer intern, and um, this year it's Jonah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And Jonah's going to help us with our discussion, too. Yeah. Yeah. So we've already done one episode of Through the Storm where we talked about Jonah, but other Jonah. Yeah. Um, so The OG Jonah? The OG Jonah. Mm, interesting. Interesting. I like that. The big yeah. fish. So now <laughs> we're talking about another storm that we see in scripture. So we're going to talk about how Jesus actually calms the storm. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to start off with... This is, um, so a research company did some research and they came back with what are the top difficulties of a teenager today? Oh, 
So I, I want to know if you guys agree with this list. What you would add to this list? Maybe if, maybe when you were a teenager, did you encounter any of this? And you know, what what do you think your like difficulty was as a teenager? Was there something that stuck out to this list? You're like, yeah, I can kind of resonate with that. I kind of had that a bit. So these are these are the top things. Okay. Anxiety and depression are number one. Mm -hmm. That comes along with like other forms of mental health. Um, mm -hmm. Alcohol and drugs, bullying, cyberbullying, social media, like mm -hmm. kind of abuse that way. Um, gangs, poverty, and teen pregnancy. Hmm. Wow. So those were the top ones. Now, would you would you guys agree with this list? Okay, so if I'm completely honest, cyberbullying wasn't a thing when I was in high school. Mm, true. And I am super grateful that there was no social media when I was in high school because I saw, I mean, I certainly saw other forms of bullying. It was just not online. Mm -hmm. So. Well, is I think bullying's changed a lot because you went through like generations upon generations of your bully was at school and once you left school and yep. like as soon as you entered your home it you were safe. safe yeah and now with social media that's not the case oh man the bullies no. follow you to your home to your bedroom essentially yep. they are always there so it's a very different form of bullying that we see today um yeah what other things would you say agree that you agree with this list is there anything that kind of stands out to you like yeah i can see that or um today i see that within teenagers or anything like that Definitely that list you mentioned, those are the things into t today's society, of course. And when I was like high school, like it was for sure bowling. I've seen like groups get into fights outside mm -hmm, yeah. the greenhouse. There'd be fights, constant fights. But now when the technology has been rising, everybody's getting phones. And it's definitely been more bowling on the social media part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you could just say anything. It's out there and everyone can know what it is. And yeah. it, it's just, it's definitely one of the yeah bigger mm -hmm. problems here. I would say maybe acceptance fitting in. That's oh, always seems to be a bit of a yeah. struggle or that's what I would put. Yeah. That's what you kind of add on to that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think especially, I think especially my when I was in high school, I think when Jonah was in high school, I don't know as much when you were in high school, Julie, mm -hmm. mental health was talked about. Well, for mine, it was started to be talked about more. I yeah. think was in years, it maybe was talked about quite a bit more. Uh, a little bit from what I can remember. It was still kind of starting off. And me, absolutely never. Yeah. Well, pretty much never. Yeah. And it was like a shocker if anybody, you know, if you talked about any kind of mental health things that was just not not really yeah brought up so I, I think that it's a growing thing and it's talked about so widely now mental health and we've made some big advances on it which is great mm -hmm. but at the same time i think we're we're getting back to a point where people don't want to be vulnerable and i think that's mm. probably stemming out of what you guys kind of mentioned that bullying that wanting to fit in i think we've 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 raised a culture now that wants to accept everyone but at the same time does not want to admit the other struggles that are going on because mm -hmm. you want to be accepted you want to be included in everything and i think we've made that a huge huge problem now yeah i see that in our i see that in our youth like some of our younger youth like jonah knows some of our junior highs you probably pick a few junior highs and be like they try really hard to kind of fit in they they really push to their boundaries and that kind of stuff but really that's not you don't they're like that's not really you and no they they hide themselves yeah it's a it's a thing of hiding oneself and i think what comes to that is a lot of people hide their mental health now especially in teenagers mm. which 
we're back to almost what you kind of said with your generation. You don't talk about it. Yeah. And I think that's a very dangerous road we're walking on. For sure. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I know for me as a teenager, the biggest thing I probably, the biggest difficulty I probably had, um, looking back on now, definitely mental health. Mm -hmm. Didn't know it was mental health back then though. Yeah. Um, And probably just bullying or just along the line is probably the biggest thing I kind of dealt with. Um, But yeah, I don't, teenagers got it rough. Yeah. Got it so rough. It's one of the mm-hmm. hardest times in life and mm-hmm. goes very quickly. Yes, it does. <laughs> like we, I think we, I think we just put teenagers as just high schoolers. We kind of just limit it to that. But that, when you think about it, that's only four years of your life. And it, I think it starts like as young as grade six, seven. I think so. Eight, like I think for so. sure by grade six, seven, it's, it's already starting. I see that both of my kids are in elementary school. I've got one in grade five and one in grade seven. And even in grade five, I can see some of it starting and certainly in grade seven i can see you know evidence of that for sure yeah for me when i was like in grade six grade seven like when we have friday afternoons like that would be our like tech time and like Mm -hmm. i would see everyone like just starting to have their own cell phones like the iphone fives and sixes oh yeah yeah. you see like how long that's been to like now there's like iphone 14s and they're just yeah they they're just gonna keep going every year but like for me that's that's the start for me. Like everyone just had their own cell phone, and I had like my first like iPod or iPhone <laughs> yeah, four, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, all yeah, the small yeah. ones. Oh yeah, and it's just crazy just how things have just changed over the years, and now like tech, like t- everyone's got phones now. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. At that age, my my biggest thing is, and I think we see it. I think I think if someone was to actually do proper research on it, you would find that, meant like. I'm sure we've heard things on social media where people are like, people just didn't realize that there was this much mental health in the world and all that until now. I'm like, yes, but you've we've added a lot of things that cause, I think, some mental health yeah. things. Social mm-hmm. media, like te- certain technology we have, I think it's caused a lot of it. Like the yeah. fact that social media, smartphones are always in our face. Yeah. Social anxiety, other forms of, different anxiety body image issues like so mm-hmm. much mental health i think has come out of this phones social media because i remember growing up as a kid that didn't matter it felt like it didn't matter as yeah. much and yeah. the biggest thing i think people felt say pressure for like bodies and things like that movies maybe magazines like different mm-hmm. things like that but influencers influencers and now media, and yeah. now now we have influencers not just on a magazine which would have been like what 15 20 years ago now it's you have influencers in your face 24 7 all the time and it's like yeah this is not this is not good and i think as teenagers today i almost wish i almost wish we could have a generation of like no phones <laughs> i i would i would love to do one year no no phones no yeah. no social media no no social media at all and to see the mental health demographic and i i think it would change yeah you think it would only take a year to change that i mean look at covid during covid in the first two months how much did everyone's mental health change so here's the thing though. not just not just negatively but positively as well uh, was, i think there was i think there were some positives okay. for certain people like really like big introverts like that kind of thing i think there was a little bit of positive because like, this is great i can stay at home but then it kind of set in no here oh no see, i'm not disagreeing with you i am a little bit here <laughs> <laughs> 
rule number one of podcasting never flat out disagree with someone no um I think that the positives as far as COVID goes we can more see in hindsight like just the um like slow down yeah. don't over schedule yourself I think only after having gotten out of it for a while can we look back and say oh yeah I was like way over scheduled right yeah I think I think though that the impact was more negative oh, on mental yes, health no, I, than on positive. I think the negative on that outweighed the positive. And yeah. I think that, this is my personal opinion based on nothing, but what I think, um, when you go through a change that has a negative impact, I think it takes way longer to come back around to the positive. So, Absolutely. For example, like you're saying, give up phones for a year. I think there would be a I think after that year, you would... It would not take long to fall back into the old routines. I think oh, a year is not enough, is what, what I'm saying. What would you say? Five years. Five years, no yeah. phone. I would join you on that. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Kids think more of a long term. I think, yeah, you're right. People would tend to just be like, well, year's over. Let's go back to... Yeah. Which I think we, we see today already with certain yeah. things, but yeah. Like after Lend, like a lot of people give up something for Lend and what's yeah. the first thing... And I'm not, I'm not, you know, talking, saying anything bad, but a lot of yeah, people yeah. give up candy or chocolate or something for Lent. And then once those 40 days are over, you're like, oh, phew, I can do that again. Yeah, you know? that's true. So I, I think it takes longer than that to break a damaging habit or a, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. See, Jonah, we just go off topic sometimes with podcasts and that kind of stuff. Pull us back from the rabbit hey, hole, that's, Jonah. That's okay. It's my first podcast, so <laughs> yeah. He knows no different. So, getting back on topic, I guess, if you know this idea of Jesus calming the storm, mm -hmm. I guess we, what we just mentioned was a bunch of different storms that people are yeah. going through today in our lives. I just want to begin with going through Mark four. Mm -hmm. This is Mark four, verse thirty-five, thirty-six. Um, so it says this: On that day, when evening had come. He said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. So Jesus is telling the disciples, it's already night. They've already been with the crowd. They're a little tired. It's a lot of people. You know, let's go to the other side now. Let's, let's, mm -hmm. cross, the, let's cross this body of water. Let's go now. If you had a choice. What time of day would you prefer to travel, day or night? If I were driving somewhere, I'd prefer the daytime. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're navigating somewhere, probably daytime. Yeah, well, it's, it's easier safer. to see. Easier. You could see. Yeah, well, I mean, navigation was different then. They used the stars, so they yeah. probably maybe had a different GPS than we do. But Yeah, but at the same time, where they would have been crossing they was seen. not yeah. very wide. So they okay. would have been able to see in the daytime easily where they need to go and that kind of thing um and this group rather than spend the night where they were jesus gave like instructions like let's go to the other side let's go let's go let's go and i want to ask you guys do you know of anyone in scripture any of the disciples who would know anything about traveling across a body of water in a boat do you know of any disciples that were like good at that? Well, they were like fishermen. Several yeah. of them were fishermen. Who were the fishermen? Peter? Uh, Peter and his brother Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. And James and John. Yeah. 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 So they were experienced fishermen, boatmen. Yeah. Like they, they knew what they were doing on a boat. They're like, like, I sometimes think like when we thought, when we talk about Jesus ministry, all these guys were fishermen. They were different things. They were all these like more hands-on kind of work kind of stuff. 
I wonder in this kind of instance, would they have felt way more comfortable? Would they have been like, this is something I can do. Yeah. Jesus, thank you. Like, yes, this is like right down <laughs> my, my alley. in my wheelhouse, yeah. <laughs> so I think they would have had this confidence in their ability to be like, you know what? We can do this. We yeah. can get us across the lake. No problem whatsoever. There's a confidence there. And so I want to ask us, what is the problem with having too much confidence? Mm. Ego. Ego? Yeah. Way, yeah. 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 I think there's, I think sometimes when we have all the confidence in the world, especially in a task, this confidence can make us forget about God, can make us forget about Jesus. There needs to be reliance on God. I think when that confidence then dips and we go into trouble, where we forget to ask for that help and we forget to do that because we're like, I should have this. Like, this should be, there should be no problem. I, like, this is, this is my thing. Yeah. This is Mark 4, 37, 38, and it says this. And a great windstorm arose, and the waters were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? So we just said that these guys are experienced fishermen. They're experienced, they know what they're doing. They're confident in their abilities. So how bad was the storm for them? Well, it had to be pretty bad if they were good fishermen for them to describe it as the waves. Like, if they woke Jesus up, it had to have been a bad storm. Yeah, so the waves were breaking in, the wind was rising, the boat was filling with water. And the thing is, like, what caused the storm is in the Sea of Galilee, where where it is located, um, it was not uncommon for storms to happen. Mm -hmm. It was was a very common thing. Um, The Sea of Galilee is eight miles wide at its widest point um, and 12 miles long from north to south. So it's not, it's it's a very small sea. Sure. Um, it plunged to like short depths of like 200 feet at its deepest, but its location is important. So because at eastern mountains, the wind would come over the east and dip right onto the lake, right ah. onto the sea. It essentially would cause a swirl. Huge storms would erupt. Mm. Thunder, wow. lightning, rain, wind, everything. So these storms would just happen instantly. Being a fisherman or boatman in this time was not great, like because they they were always at risk mm-hmm. of being. And I want to note this because not a lot of people I I find know this. Did you know the Jewish people were terrified of water? I feel like you mentioned that last week. I think I did mention last week. But did, Jonah, did you know that, like the Jewish people were terrified of water? No. So the Jewish people grew up beside the Sea of Galilee, essentially, like in Israel. So this is a few generations, many generations after Moses. So they've, they've grown up by the Sea of Galilee. It's something they're used to, but it's dark. In its depths, it is dark. Mm-hmm. Constant storms. You're losing family and people onto this, this body of water. Like, this place is viewed as almost death. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, that's what it's viewed as. Water was not viewed as... Water was viewed as clean and for cleansing, but at the same time, it was viewed as this body of water was not good, just awful, and, like, it it was not going to go well. Um, And during all of this, Jesus is asleep. In the storm that they're in, Jesus is asleep. And I'll, like, ask you guys, how could Jesus be asleep while riding in this boat through the storm? How do you think he could be asleep? believe that he just knew that his father was with him and that wherever he would go like 
his father is always with him. He's watching over him, keeping him safe. Like wherever mm. he went, through the storms, through the the calm and the quiet, and through the loud and erupting winds and the rain, he's just he's out. He, he's not afraid. He's just he's asleep, but he knows that it's in God's hands. Mm. So his confidence was in God, not in yeah. the fishermen. Yeah, yeah, not mm. in the boat. That's a good answer. Not in the sea, but his heavenly father. Yeah. Yeah. That actually is perfect because there's a quote by a guy named um, R.C.H. Lenski. It says, The peaceful sleep of Jesus is due to the perfect absence of fear in his heart and to his absolute mm. trust in his father's care. Kind of what you were saying, trust yeah. in, in, in God that this would be fine. But the disciples decide to wake Jesus anyways because they, uh, they didn't have that trust. They didn't have that level of trust. And so they actually say to him, do you care that we are perishing? They rebuke Jesus. Mm-hmm. They're angry. They're mad. Like, Dude, what are you doing? We know you can stop this. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And he gets mad and um, things start to happen. And I want to ask, because I think this is important to ask, when things are getting bad in our own lives, we start to really question God's care, don't we? Yes. Yes. <laughs> we, it's such a human tendency. Yeah. We just start asking, you know, God, why is this happening? Why me? That's such a common phrase that people say, you know, why me? Why is this happening? And really, it can become very easy to blame God when things are going wrong Mm -hmm. in our lives. It can feel overwhelming, even like we are drowning. Now, for many people, like drowning can kind of feel in different ways, like drowning in stress or relationship problems or school or home or anything like that. But I want to remind us of something. This is Mark 4, 39 to 41. And it says this, and he woke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and sea would obey him? See, who did Jesus rebuke? The storm. The storm. Not his disciples. Not the people who even questioned him. Mm-hmm. He rebuked the circumstances that were happening, not the people. Hmm. He calmed the storm around to be able to communicate with the people. He doesn't communicate, like, if you almost look at it, he doesn't necessarily communicate right away with the people, but rather says he calms the situation and then go, he fixes it and goes to the people. Then he says to them, like, why, yeah. why do you have faith? Like, yeah, exactly. Faith? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And Jesus asked these two questions, what you just mentioned was, why are you so afraid? Have you still do you still have no faith? Jesus challenged them to realize that they do not need to be afraid when Jesus is going to take care of them. And we can miss the point if we're not careful, what actually woke Jesus up? Hmm. Not the storm. Not the storm. His disciples. Yeah. The disciples did. Not the waves, the water, the danger. And I want to emphasize that. The wind didn't wake Jesus up. The rain didn't wake him up. The waves didn't wake him up. The crack of thunder or the flash of lightning didn't wake him up. The arguing bickering of the disciples didn't wake him up. The water breaking over the boat didn't wake up. It was the cry, the call of the disciples, the call for their need Mm. of help. And the disciples, being good fishermen and boatmen, tried to solve this themselves. They tried to figure it out. They tried, no, we can do this. There's confidence in it, right? That confidence we talked about earlier. They figured they can do it. And I think their hesitancy, and I think a lot of people have this hesitancy, when we start to face troubles in our life, we often forget that Jesus is there, that we can call on him. And because we do a few things, one, we minimize it. Mm. My problems are too small. 
I, I, this is not going to concern Jesus. Like this, like there's, I can handle this myself. Like this yeah. is fine. I think we constantly think that our problems are too small. Yeah. And the truth is, God cares about everything. This is um, Philippians four six, and it says, "Do not be anxious about about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition mm. with thanksgiving present your request to God, and the peace of God." which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds and it, your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. And I want to be careful with that verse because that, that has a, that's a heavy verse. Yeah. And a lot of people quote it and I think sometimes we misuse it and I think we throw it at people sometimes. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is no problem is too small. Mm-hmm. No bit of anxiety, no nothing is too small for God. We can always go to God. And that, that's what I think this verse is trying to say in every situation. Mm. It's not when when mental health gets really terrible and awful, but it's even when we start to feel it, when we start to feel the anxiety, to, to go to Jesus, to go to God and be like, no, I need you because mm-hmm. I can't do this by myself. As a first resort, not a last resort. Exactly. And yeah. I understand that's hard, and that's why I want to be careful of that because everyone's mental health journey is different. Yeah. And I just want people to know like where we're coming from is we're trying to say is that no problem is too small no anxiety is too small no no battle is too small god cares about us and wants to be with us in it mm-hmm. Facts. <laughs> and i think i think the next thing that we do this is not healthy self-resilience mm-hmm. we think we can just handle it and <laughs> fix it we do that right <laughs> yeah we do. totally we think you know what i got this like this yeah. is no issue like the, the the disciples thought they could handle the storm they were trained fishermen I think an area in our life that we typically don't ask for help for is relationships, family, and school. We, we, we don't really always ask for help in those areas because we think that's my situation. We put our ownership on it. Mm-hmm. Whereas in my situation, I have to be able to handle it. We have a saying, um, clean up your own mess, right? Yeah. That's a, that's a saying I think yeah. we yeah. all, everyone uses around the world. Clean up your own mess. You caused your mess, you clean it up. Well, because, you know, and as a mom... I'm not saying it's a wrong saying. If everybody did their part, then there would be a less part for, you know, someone else to do. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But emotionally, I think that that's a different story. Yes. I think there's always... I think everyone has an area in our life that we can ask God for help with. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I question, you know, are we guilty sometimes of not asking Jesus for help because we think we can do it on our own? Oh, a thousand percent we are. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So last thing. I think it's the last thing. Second last thing. Sorry. Second last thing. Pride. Ah. Uh-huh. We're, we're prideful because I think we constantly think that we'll disappoint God. We don't want to ruin our pride. We're like, I'm afraid Jesus will be disappointed in me asking this. Really, the base of that is our own pride that we don't want to ask for help in certain things. It can be hard to ask for help sometimes. 100%. It's like admitting defeat. And yeah. asking for help is very um, humbling. And mm-hmm. we don't often, well, like to be humble. It's, no. it's putting yourself, it's saying, I'm vulnerable. I can't, I don't have, I can't do it on my own. Which is exactly what we should say, like, first thing every day yeah. to Jesus. Can't, I, mean, look, I can't do it on my own. I mean, look at the thing we talked about at the beginning of the podcast with mental health. Yeah can't do it on your own mental health is not something anyone can do on their own no if if you have that's amazing but for most people it's not something they can do on their own Mm -mm. and so it it is hard to admit things and to go with that like you said Mm -hmm. 
but it's also at the same time such an important thing it's so important to actually admit that we need help mm-hmm. the last thing um apathy slash fear mm. that god doesn't care mm. i think that sometimes uh, that can be something i think pops in our head that the, the, that doubt that seed of doubt i think we yeah. all have is that god just doesn't care when really at reality god really does care yeah absolutely he's closer than you think exactly <laughs> like just mm-hmm. look at the disciples who were next to jesus practically and, and they questioned him saying like do you even care mm-hmm. and jesus said jesus told them like i am here with you like how are you still questioning this mm-hmm. and the thing is in our relationship with jesus we may not see him like the disciples did i think we can take a little bit of confidence in that the disciples saw jesus interacted with jesus mm-hmm. and they still had doubt yeah and a physical representation we don't have a physical sight of, of jesus <laughs> and we still doubt yeah. and that's okay because doubts doubt is a way to grow yeah um so what's really important is it's our final final thing is do not be afraid to pray and do not be afraid to go to Jesus in all situations. It doesn't matter what mm-hmm. it is. It could be your drive to work. It could be f- doing an assignment. It could be just talking to someone. It could be anything. It could be dealing with mental health. You're going through anxiety. It doesn't matter. But going in all situations to God. Mm-hmm. Through prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Without ceasing. Exactly. I always like that. Without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. So I want to finish with Hebrews 4 verse 15. And says this, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Hmm. Jesus knows our pain, yeah. knows the feeling and through the storm what it can feel like, but he got through it. He can get through it and he can help walk us through it as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's important to remember in our relationship is that God is walking with us. Not behind or in front of us, but beside us, hmm. right with us. With this Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that was great. Thank you, Pastor Wes. That was a good reminder, good uh, challenging one today. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with Pastor Wes, you can reach him at wes at waynefleetbic.com. Jonah, do you have a church email as well? Not a church one, no, but just my... share your email or... Sure. Okay. Uh, it's just my regular email, jonalore623 at gmail.com. Perfect. And my email address, if you need to get in touch with me, is julie at wingfleetbic.com. So thanks so much for tuning in this week, and we look forward to connecting with you next week. Have a great week. Bye. See ya. <laughs>